Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It's time once again, if you're hearing my voice, you're hearing the voice, the real voice of Steve from the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast in Kurt's house in the studio with Kurt and Eric. Kurt, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. Just enjoying another day in the studio. I love podcasting. I'm happy. Did, did, did you hear what I said after your name? No. I said, and Eric. Eric's back with yep, us. I'm uh, here. I am here once again. Man. What's up, stud? Nothing, man. Good morning. Good morning. God, yep. I didn't morning. miss that. Now I'm already wishing you were gone again. Good Lord. We are at 1600 <laughs> Bucks Lair Place right in the Bucketorium, beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. It's uh, been a bit of a dry one, but we got some rain today, so I'm in a good mood. I don't know about you guys. I'm in a pretty damn good mood. Yeah. Are you? I mean, yeah, hell yeah. Did you? Did you? Did you really? Yeah, did we you really get in a good mood? <laughs> I'm pumped about it, man. I'm, I'm seriously pumped to be podcasting with Eric again. Yep. Um, yep. We it's pre-recorded been, been some episodes. Too long. Whoa, too long. dude, man, Whoa. now you guys are talking over each other. We're getting ambitious over Get here. Get a room, yeah. you two. We, uh, let's talk about a couple things here before we hop into some sponsors. Um, one, we missed Eric. Uh-huh. I've been traveling. Yep. Um, things we kind of missed each other, I think, in a way. We did. I don't I know if you missed Steve that much. I had to deal with Steve only in the studio for a while, and it was sad. It was weird. I mean, yeah. It was kind of rough. I felt like I had like couldn't make fun of him. Yeah, I, that's I weird. Here? Like, yeah, you, because you know you can't take me one on one. That's why. No, it's just more like Eric calls you out. He's like, "Ah, oh, you goddamn idiot!" Like he'll just like hit <laughs> jackass. He, yeah, yeah, you jackass. Why don't you go piss up a rope? He just hits you with those like oh, one liners. Oh yeah, I mean, that's you're full of little one liners, man. Yeah. But uh, we've been busy working. Eric second shift, so he was MIA. But um, I want to bring up something, and I always try to do this as as often as I can. Um, we did an episode, I don't know, it's been probably a year and a half now about budget trail cams and, uh, working man, uh, working class, I'll say, <laughs> um, related products. And I, I'm a, I'm a tree stand junkie and I'm a 
trail camera junkie. And when I say that, I, I'll buy cameras if they're on sale, and I will buy tree stands if they're on sale. Um, well, I think, see, and that, I'm not meaning to cut you off. No, but you're fine. I think that's the thing with me, too. Like, if it's on sale, I think it's too much of a bargain not to buy it. You know what I mean? Depending on what it is. But right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, like a trail camera or a tree stand or sticks or anything, if it's on sale... Because more, more 80% is better. of the time, I'm going to buy it. Right. Because you can never have enough. When right. uh, The way I hunt, yep. I hang a lot of stands and I'm, I move. I'm, I stay mobile. And cameras will help you hand in hand with a lot. A lot of cameras can help you with a lot of stands. Or it means you can hang another stand or another camera. You know what I mean? It's, yep. For a unique cer- situation or a unique wind or a unique circumstance and whatever. Absolutely. So that being said, uh, like we, we talked about. When we podcasted up at, in Wisconsin Rapids up with uh, Scott Bakken from HHA up at the HHA headquarters, we were at Walmart, and they had a Maristep hang-ons for 25 bucks. And I'm like, And oh. you went absolutely nuts. Oh, uh, yeah. About Dude, four you, of them. You found right. the manager. Is this going to be on sale, like, Sunday? Because I'll be back, I promise. <laughs> I was like, I right. bought four of them. And uh, I'm hanging three of the four this coming weekend. Anyway. Walmart has $25 trail cameras. Uh, Tasco, not the best brand. Maybe not. Maybe it is, is it, the best. Is it Tasco or Tascam? Tasco. Tasco. Like is the it, scopes. Well, and honestly, this, oh, okay, is, this okay. is the first time I've ever heard of them when you mentioned them to us. Oh, yeah. And we talked about it on the Jeff Lindsay podcast a right. little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah, they're $25. I, my my final review is, review is coming. But for $25, you throw an SD card in it and eight double a batteries it says this is what it claims six megapixel pictures six month uh, ca- uh battery life sorry and uh the pictures aren't bad for okay, 25 so see, that's what i'm interested in is night pictures you know because you always get you get some of those cameras where i'm not expecting you, you shit have, out of night pictures right I, but, but right now the bucks are kind of nocturnal they're doing their thing at night so it's kind of like okay is it because you get some of those trail cameras that you have a great day picture. Well, you're going to get your velvet bachelor bus. Sucks. Yeah. But the yeah. ones that we saw from a buddy of ours, they the nighttime picture right. was like okay, decent, comparable. Twenty five dollars. You could tell what it was. At yeah. Night. Now here's the thing. I have a eighty dollar Moultrie that sits right next to this twenty five dollar Tascam, and it. The body's the same size. The batteries eject the same way. Really? It looks pretty similar. I love the way Moultrie batteries come out, dude. But it's I know internally is what's making the difference on this camera. Absolutely. So we Absolutely. will see. And I will keep in mind, this is going to be, I'm going to give it a one, between 1 and 10 rating, and it's going to be on the $25 trail cam rating. Well, or no. we'll, we'll rate it. I'll compare it in three different ways. I'll compare it to what I'm expecting it to be for $25. I'll compare it on an overall rating compared to my other cameras that are fifty to one hundred and twenty dollars, and I'll compare it to my top in the line two hundred some dollar cameras that I have. Fair enough, and we'll go from there. I mean, for twenty five dollars, I'll probably pick up a couple just for the hell of it. I bought two. Why not? Always to always have them in your pack. Yeah, that that, that or hang them in shadier spots where like someone might see it there and might snag it, but they might not. Oh, yeah, like a spot you've always been curious about, like that's near like a public road or whatever it may be. Sure, sure. Um, anyway, that's just something I'll put in there, and I'll check back in with all the listeners on my review. And or if you guys had these cameras and have experience with them, let us know for sure. Because I saw I put a uh, Snapchat. We have a follow us on Snapchat. We have a group called the WCB Family Crew or whatever it is, and uh, I, I put that in there. Yeah, but I hell of a one. sell job on that, by the way. And then uh, just follow us on Snapchat. It's that easy. <laughs> and uh, an, someone else had posted that they wouldn't snag one too. He's like, oh, yeah. might as well try it. Can't beat it. Yeah. But so, if you do want to contact us, uh, workingclassbowhunter.com. Go ahead and find us. We're on all the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Give us a rating on iTunes. Screenshot your rating. Send it to us. We'll send you some of the new die-cut hard hat stickers. They're badass. They are awesome. This podcast. You, go ahead. Or if you want to buy anything, right there on our website, we have a store now. So WorkingGossBonner.com forward slash store. This podcast is sponsored by Scent Crusher. We got the new... What do we got right in front of you there? Oh, 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 this is here we go. This is an absolute bucketorium must. We've got the brand new ozone room clean in here, especially with you in here. It's the plug-in unit. Yeah, Kurt's Kurt's getting uh getting an electrician in here, and we're gonna put an outlet right next to me just so this can right next to your face, so I can't smell that 
shit breath going off you. That shit breath. <laughs> Good one. Can we have Hilarious. one by his feet too? Yeah. Can we have two running? Yeah. <laughs> we just have it. We just have his foot in the gear bag <laughs> plugged into the wall. <laughs> just zipped up. Uh, dude, yeah, it dude. Really works. Uh, this scent crusher, man, I'm excited about this thing. Um, you know, you've got the variable ozone output that. You know, you can pick, hey, do you want light, heavy? You know, in this case, we're going to crank that SOB up. <laughs> it covers up to 320 square feet, you know, chemical-free. What the cool thing about this is, you know, obviously you can put it in your house, you know, or if you buy a house from a lady who let her cats just piss everywhere. Hate that. You can throw uh, that in there. The worst. But Jeez. you can really put this in like a motorhome or something. So, if you you know, if you go out camping like our buddy Gene Miller, um, once, a, once a year he takes a week-long vacation and uh they hunt and you know you throw this right in uh right in the camper dude it's perfect yeah it's got the uh oh i dude i cannot think of what the uh it's your standard outlet you know they don't have this obviously in like a 12 volt like so it's not gonna go it's not designed to be in a car but if you got like a little you know breezeway or a lot of guys have like hunting areas where they have all their gear in one spot or even in a cabin you know somewhere where you're not gonna get Mm -hmm. Where you can clean it all the time, or whatever. You can just when you get there, turn the sucker on. Or if you just take a really bad poop and you gotta just crank one out. It there. says, "Make your room scent free, bath, closet, kitchen, murder scenes." It's cool, man. Look I'm telling you what, dude. Hey, has got it all. You move this. You move this from one room. So you cook some Indian food. You clean the kitchen out. Then you, when you go to the bathroom in like ten minutes, you throw this in there with you, and you can bring it with you. That's right. So check out. Uh, they're, I'm sure they're going to be in stores. Why do you, we have sponsors? <laughs> because you need a we're belt real. Clip. You need a belt clip for this thing, so you just take it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, instead of like the uh, <laughs> what's the what's the the gimmick that's on near? Uh, what am I thinking of? I can't. Uh, thermocell. Oh yeah. So a thermocell, they'd have one of these deals. <laughs> Not a bad idea. The podcast is also brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, absolutely in love with Elite bows. I'm shooting the Tempo. I'm shooting the Option Seven. I'm still holding the room clear. I'm stoked about this. I'm shooting the uh, option six, dude. I, I want to plug this thing in right now. <laughs> we all got the. I got the new brown. You got the green. Eric, your ball black. Yep, dude. That green is. It's, That's my it's style. Pretty badass. We are uh, hoping we can put these babies to work this season. Check out EliteArchery.com. Speaking of elite, our good buddies uh, Larry McCoy and Clark are in Africa hunting right yep. now with their yep. elites, and I know Clark scored already, and we'll wait to hear from the rest of those boys. But check out Elite. Uh, HHA, uh, single pin sites, if you're unfamiliar, and they also have the rest, um, lifetime warranty. They support our veterans made in the USA. Um, if you're looking for, if you're in the market for a new site or rest, just give HHA a try. Tell them we sent you. Um, it's very, very, very difficult to be disappointed in any product they make. Um, you gotta just be a horrible person looking for things that, <laughs> to think are bad with a product. But it, Tell it's, us how you really feel. Just <laughs> quality stuff, man. You can't go wrong with it. There's a lot of good companies no. out there, don't get me wrong, but and we choose to shoot HHA, and it's good stuff. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Yep. Where, where is it located, Kurt? Beautiful. <sighs> Vital Illinois. <sighs> Lovely. Oh, God. You go down a couple hollers, and no. there's the Smith family just ready to butcher your deer for you. Make it into meatloaf, sausage, those backstraps, you know. Bratwurst. Brought. Yeah. yeah, dude, they're literally like waiting for you. Like when you go out there, yeah, you're you're gonna run in. You're gonna go see. You're gonna go see Susan, and she's gonna take all your orders. And you're gonna see Scott, and he's out back. And yeah, he's got it's. They've got that down to a science, and they I, make, I love that. Family, they make their man. brats so good that you could take a vegan liberal out of the city and be like, "Listen, here, it's a vegan tofu." Um, brought and then and eat it, and then the I difference. tell them it's deer, and then I watch them cry and I laugh. You know what I, happens? I, you I know what happens, that. dude. When 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 they eat it, dude, you just see like all of a sudden, like it's like slow motion. As soon as they start eating the brat, yeah, then you see them like they look, and it's like the realness comes out of them. Like they put on like a camo glove. Like this is the and they're like looking at I've it. Ever had? I'm like, oh really? Because that's a soul you just ate. Because that's what you just told me. And then they just come apart, mm, and I'm fine mm, with it. Mm. Sounds delicious. All of a sudden, yeah, you tell them, dude, you're like, you just ate Bambi. They're like, oh, my God, how can I do it? Then they're sleeping at night, and they wake up in the middle of that cold sweat, just craving Bambi backstraps. They'll never admit it. They'll bury it down in their deep liberal souls. It'll come out. You're right. So it it's custom meats and deer processing. <laughs> Woof. Woof. What a picture we just painted. Yeah. Sorry, absolutely. Scott. I'm not the one who ruined that one this time. I'm just saying, if, uh, if I was a company, I'd pay us. 
Um, <laughs> we'll just throw that out there. <laughs> he already invites me. He invited me over to his house. Scott did, so that's good enough. I think you drank all his moonshine. Didn't that happen? Uh, I don't think it was his. I think it was someone else's. But yes, I finished off someone's moonshine. Oh boy, Scoosh. oh boy, we went off the deep end of this advertisement. Anyway, this is a long talk of nothing. That's yeah. <laughs> all right. It's all right. We, we, we get to our guest. We got our good buddy Byron from the Whitetail Experience. Good boys. Good friends with these guys. Um, they're basically just down home, good old boys doing it the way it's almost like classic American tradition deer hunting. Man, the way they go after it, they're real about it. They do public and private ground. And uh, Byron, just a, a plethora of knowledge. And Ooh, uh, I, like your, I like your big words there. I like Kurt. how you said that big word, too. And yeah. plethora is only like five letters long. Well, I wish I, they could have seen that. But uh, Byron, I, I, he's someone that I'm getting closer and closer with as time goes on and just our relationship between the podcast and the project they're Aww. doing. And, no, he's a good dude, man. And uh, I love he's, good, he's good shit. That's I enjoy, what he is. I enjoy talking to him. And he, he knows a lot. And it's, it's kind of cool to bounce stories off each other and, and For sure. whatever else. So. So before we get to that, we're going to do the vet shout out. Yep. Our uh, our good friend Colin Cottrell, he's got a uh, podcast going up too. He wanted to let his, um shout out his buddy Ryan Milcher. I think I dude. I hope I didn't butcher your name. Um, his Instagram at uh, I almost said hashtag. I'm sorry at Order of Man. He's just getting started as a bow hunter. He served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. You know, uh, thank you for your service, buddy. I hope you really enjoy the the joys of bow hunting. You know, if your friend is your friends with Colin, he's gonna lead you down absolutely the right path. I think it's a podcast, Activate the Hunt. Um, he's a very good dude. If you're friends with him, then you're a good guy. We already knew you're a good dude for serving this country. Thank you for your service. Hats uh, off to you, man. Hats off, man. Thanks for your service, buddy. All right. Time to lock in on the podcast episode here enough with the bs of just us i didn't say it was over completely Uh-oh. it's done kurt we're, walks we're, out we're good at it kind of <laughs> yeah i'm just i quit it's like uh-huh. dude he left us in his house we joke around we keep it light but uh we, we love podcasting so let's get our boys on here and uh or boy i don't I actually don't know if it's just gonna be byron or, or the whole gang i'm not sure it's a surprise it is a surprise. It's gonna it's a be surprise. the uh we'll find out yeah enjoy guys thank you all right, on the phone with us, we've got Byron and Dave from the Whitetail Experience, two guys who I actually met in real life. We'll get into that a little bit, but fellas, how are you? Doing well, Steve. How you doing, man? <laughs> he said only Steve. I am doing great. You don't need to know how Kurt and Eric are doing. No, nope. we don't. We don't matter in this podcast. <laughs> Subpar. It's cool. <laughs> how you guys been? Doing well, doing well. Getting ready for season, excited, and, you know, just uh, one more month and we'll be getting into it. I know, man. It's coming up quick. It's crunch time for you guys. Yeah, yeah. You ain't kidding. When's your, when You guys are from Ohio. When's your season open? So it's like a floating uh, day. It's basically the last Saturday in September. Um, so clearly no velvet bucks, but, you know, we can get after them as early as like the 24th-ish. Um, but this year I think it falls on the 29th. So nice, nice. It's coming up quick. You guys get a little bit of a head start. It's always October 1st for Iowa and Illinois here, which most people know that, but, uh, man, you guys have been killing it. I've seen you guys popping up in some other podcasts. Just want to check back in, make sure we're your, we're your favorite. Yeah. What's what's <laughs> actually here. I'll rephrase that. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but you guys are by far our number one, you know, supporting uh-huh. podcast of choice. Uh-huh. Okay, good, good. Plus, we drank beers with you guys, so that even makes it better. <laughs> That's true. Okay, all right, all right. you guys are good still. All right. Let's talk about it, boys. How's scouting going, public and private? So, yeah, the the summer scouting, still busy. Um, doing a lot of trail camera work, more so than, like, we really ever have in the past. Um and it's kind of funny, if we rewind, even say two weeks ago, I could tell you where a bunch of two-and-a-half-year-old bucks are and maybe where we're not going to be hunting. Um, but, you know, last week we had a really good pull, and, and that put two more shooters on the list. So that's always, you know, the direction you want to be going in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we picked up a couple new pieces uh, since last season that we're going to investigate, some big wood sections, one of which – 
isn't listed on the website, and I actually had to contact the local forester to get a hold of. So we're hoping that can be like a uh, a hot piece that not too many people know about. So we're really excited about that. That's got huge potential in our eyes. Yeah, that's that's one of them. One of them deals you don't run across very often, but you're like, oh, not on the map, but there's a sign, so if it's official, eh, we're not going to tell a whole lot of people. Hop on it. Oh, exactly. Exactly. That's like the golden ticket, you know? So let's talk about this. So if it if it's public, how does your the summer work as basically getting after getting prepared change versus like if you were hunting a private piece of ground? Because there's a lot of people that have a lot of little parcels in the Midwest, especially Illinois, because there's not as much public as Iowa or other states, um, how does it change in your preparation on public? Like, what do you do differently from private? Yeah, so I think public, you can never have too many good spots. Um, so, like, yes, we have some history with, with several pieces of, of state property that are good, but, you know, can we add another couple to, to the repertoire and, and really, you know, you can study maps, you can study topos, but until you physically go ahead and put boots on the ground, you don't know. Um, right. You can get an idea, but the, you know, the other factor there too is, is using those trail cams in the summer. And unlike, you know, say a private piece where I've got one mineral site on say 20 acres with the public, We've got, you know, we can't draw them in with trail cams. You know, there's no baiting or, or salt or any sort of mineral of that matter. But, um, you know, can I get a couple pictures of a nicer buck? And then once I've got that intel, I'm moving that camera because I've already found, okay, this area holds a shooter or two. You know, now can I locate another shooter in this piece or take that camera to another section of the state? You know, we hunt probably seven or eight counties. Um, Damn, that's a, a, that's a, a hell of a spread, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, we we buy the uh, trail cams off Camo Fire, so we could spread them out and not pay the, the, as much a, a retail price on them. Sure, Byron, I talked about this in the intro, man, and I you guys might want to give it a shot. I'm gonna, I'm doing like a a budget trail cam review real quick on one camera. Walmart's Tasco twenty five dollar trail cams. Oh wow! I'm I'm trying them, and maybe this is something you guys want to look at. It's six megapixel. I think it would be perfect for public ground because you never know what's going to come through there. You know that, and if someone rips it off, you're only right. out twenty five bucks versus fifty to a hundred. Yeah. Does it uh, does it have some sort of uh, thread on the bottom or on the back to use with the stick and pick? It has it has a thread, yeah, on the bottom. Okay, because that's that's something when we go into a private piece and hang these cameras, we bring one of our um, climbing sticks and when Dave puts a climbing stick he can get like 8 to 12 feet in the air because um, he hangs that first stick like waist high and you kind of climb up there and use that stick and pick to angle it down just kind of helps you know not get it as oh uh, you get it out of like human eyesight and, and they don't tend to walk off that way that's a great tip man yeah, I never thought tip. about that yeah, no, it, that, 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 yeah, we have to put a mounting system and angle them down just because I, I, I don't want to lose the intel. I don't want to lose, um, you know, a camera. And, and I, I already have the equipment to hang the stick, and the stick and pick's just a nice, you know, accessory or, or whatever other mounting system. I've just been really impressed with the stick and pick system. Yeah, you know, and that would have been something that would have been helpful for me when I, I put cameras out um, on a property last weekend, and I got, I got, Right up to a point where there's like it's you know the timber kind of cuts off and there's a clearing and there's like the the property fence. Now this property isn't it's owned by uh, whatever um, the village that the area is in, so it's not exactly public. But I was just like, you know what, man, it's not private. I'm not gonna risk putting a camera out here. Not gonna chance it. I didn't want to chance it. And I was like, but I really wanted a camera right there just to kind of take a little more inventory. So I kind of had to, you know, take that loss just because I was, like, really afraid of that camera being lost. But I probably wouldn't have any issue taking a $25 camera there versus, like, a $70 camera. Well, I like the idea, too, of mounting it high in the tree because you always have that spot on maybe a neighboring property where the fence is down and you know they're crossing. But you're like, okay, I don't really want to put a trail camera here because, 
maybe the guy next door has a trail camera there too, and he's walking by, and he might see it and be like, "Okay, what's going on here?" Right. Or maybe you. he hunt, hates hunting. He doesn't want anybody hunting, and he's willing to trespass to stop that. Maybe he's a vegan. Vegan. <laughs> vegan liberal. And <laughs> what'd you say? Inner city vegan liberal. <laughs> yeah, inner city vegan liberal. Only eats tofu brats. <laughs> Be appalled if he ate a delicious venison broth. Fuck him, am I right? <laughs> oh, you're right. You're totally right. Byron, talk about this stick and pick, man. What is this a sponsor of your guys, or is it just a product you're you're fond of? Or yeah, I mean we uh, we are on their their hunting staff. Um, you know, I was looking for for a complimentary product to to some of this camera work, and um, I I was just curious about their product and kind of started asking some questions and and kind of linked up with them and. Uh, they've actually used some of our photos, and so that's always cool when a, when a company kind of promotes your brand as well. And um, sure. it's just, it, you know, it, it's kind of vital to a lot of this public ground, you know, not getting your camera stolen. It's it's like a vital piece. Yes, they when I go to you know do my trail cam work, I need my trail cam, my SD card, and a stick and pick. It's just an accessory item now that I that I gotta have. Uh, so the stick and pick is kind. Of, I mean, do they offer different? Like to go into a tree, you can stick in the ground, yeah. or yeah, I mean they do have a couple of different mounting options as far as like a like a mini tripod base that you can stick in the ground. But we primarily use their uh, tree mounting system, which is more like a uh, kind of like a screw in step, and then it's got a three point swivel system. And uh, most cameras, like your Bushnell, your uh, uh, stealth cams, uh, Radix, and it sounds like this Tasco, they have that, that standard thread in the bottom, and so it's able to connect without, you know, any additional hardware. It, it comes with the stick and pick and makes mounting them and angling them perfect because I'm sure you guys have all been burned. When I hang a trail camera, I triple check like two or three times that that angle's right because I'm hanging that camera there for a month and, you know, not having the perfect angle and losing data that's that's valuable data for you know killing a deer and for sure you, yeah. you know you need every every inch you can get on these whitetails yeah it's let like, me go grab that camera quick i want to make sure it has that thread in the bottom so i'm yeah. gonna run and grab that real fast all right yeah right, it's but, like um you know we're always talking about you know uh especially every time you hang a camera you know, you kind of look and you, you do the crouch down where you like you oh, get the, the funny, camera the funny thing is like i always like crouch down like a deer in front of the camera and like okay if i was a deer would would I be in picture here? And then you, I always get you know I stick a stick behind it to level it the right way or whatever. So this yeah kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of takes the guesswork out of it, I guess. I remember you know I had to take some uh, some Romex. I split it and then like I, I I lost a strap, which you know you get a stick and pick. You don't need a strap. Um, I took I took some uh, Romex uh, wire, some twelve two, and I, I ended up cutting it and wrapping it there and using it. But it just you know, it's you always want that right angle, but I think that's where like cell phone cameras are starting to come into play. Like you can get a picture and look immediately, you know, and see if you've got the perfect angle. Okay, boys, I'm back. It does have the threads in the bottom, and it also has the option to run like a cable through the body of your camera, just like any other. To put uh, a lock to, on there or something. Yep, to put a lock. Um, it's, I'm I'm really impressed with these things for twenty five dollars. I'm not gonna lie. Are these made by Moultrie? It lo- it feels like a little Moultrie body. Dude, the they've camera. got the same back the same straps clips on and it everything. Too. I'm impressed. Anyway, you guys should check them out. Let's- yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. We're just rambling here by ourselves. No, no, no. You're good. So that's basically the main difference is when you hang a trail cam on public, you're out of sight, up more of a different angle. Well, out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, I mean, out of mind. Um, yeah. Like at work. So let's talk about basically the the bullet we have here is like learn and move and can go into detail on what that means. Yeah, so um perfect example is early season. Um we you know, we targeted a, a specific area on on the public. I found some some decent tracks on a uh, creek bottom and that's that's something that you know when you're you're hanging these cameras on public you got to use other means to kind of narrow narrow deer's focus uh, because you can't draw them in with bait or anything like that so water sources um works really well because one you've got tracks there and that can almost tell you one a deer's walk through there but then you know something we're trying to improve on is gauging these tracks and looking okay is this a wider track you know is this you know a potential buck in the area that that it's actually worth hanging a camera here 
But that water source, obviously, you know the, the exact trail they're kind of using because generally that ground's soft and wet, and they got to utilize water generally in the summer anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so learn and move. We, we hung this camera off this creek and gathered two bucks, uh, seemed to be working that area on a semi-regular basis, um, not necessarily every day, but um, one deer we believe we have his sheds off of, so he's definitely a target, and uh, he seems to have another debatable shooter with him. But I pulled that camera late June. You know, there's still plenty of time to get nice pictures of deer. And, you know, everyone loves a good trail cam picture to show your buddy. But we could already make the decision, hey, there's one definite shooter and a second potential. Dave told me, he goes, locate those cameras somewhere else on that public piece. we got to find more deer. That's kind of – I would defer to Dave a lot on, on, on big team strategy and, and moving stuff and, and you know – We've already picked up those shooters. Let's move on. And with a game of public, those shooters could be bumped the very first day of season because somebody else is in there. Yep. Yeah, we normally try to, uh, like, narrow down spots where we think bucks might be betting, whether it's looking at topo match and just picking a handful of potential buck beds in one area. Try to find the nearest, you know, obvious food source uh, for the most part, uh, which would be, like, a place with heavy oaks or obviously, like, your ag fields. And, uh, you know, maybe just try to find the trail or the path that he's taking from bed to feed. Then we're going to put the cameras in those areas. We're going to try to catch him, you know, try to find what trail he's using, try to find if there is a buck in the area and if he's a shooter or not. And mm-hmm. if we do find one, uh, you know, we, we move it and try to find another mm-hmm. one at a different piece. And if we don't find one necessarily on that trail, you know, we might, we might move it 60, 70 yards to just a different trail. And, you know, we might still think that there is a buck in that area and we're just not catching him. And, you know, like you said, trying to find some larger tracks, throwing it on those. It's basically just to confirm that there is a shooter in the area. And once we do that, we're moving it to try to find another one. Right, right. And I think a lot of people are kind of, uh, I don't know if they're scared or maybe just lazy, but there's a lot of people that don't move and get a, somewhat aggressive or, or get creative and, kind of exploring their area like like you said you might not be catching that buck and sometimes trail cameras and stuff like that don't tell the whole story um you know it is the timber and the deer do live there and they're elusive for a reason um but i think a lot of people are kind of nervous to move and try things or hang a new stand over there or try hanging putting a camera here and moving in and then putting a stand over here and i think that's where a lot of people missed out on opportunities opportunities they otherwise could have Exactly. Uh, like I think we might have mentioned last time we talked to you guys, I mean, we rarely ever hunt the same tree twice. Even if the area is hot and we know that there's, you know, movement going on in the area, you know, the next time we go back to that area, we, we might set up 70, 80 yards away, but, you know, we're never sitting in the same tree, just like you said, just trying to be aggressive, do something different, not just going to the same spot, you know, over and over again. Yep. And, and that's the main reason why... <laughs> When I find a, a, a hang-on on sale, I'll buy it cheap, and I hang a lot of stands because, like you said, instead like mid-season when it's crunch time, you need to be in a stand. You could be taking three hours of your day to take a stand down and move it over and hang it back up and then sit. You already have them up roughly or – For every ha- situation. Yep, or you have one on deck if you have to hurry up and just throw one right, up. Right. On deck? On deck. I was over rapping to say that. On deck? <laughs> No, I it's it's been uh, I think probably the last two bucks you're always, that you shot you're always like uh, you know Kurt will be yeah I'm gonna hang this uh, stand for this wind tomorrow and then all of a sudden uh, you know you shoot a buck it's just it's always having that being prepared and you know it's like you guys said you know that being aggressive that's really good to do because you know lightning ain't always gonna strike in the same place twice. So I always Almost keep, never yep, is what they yep. say. Always keep a set of sticks and a hang on in my truck, man, because you never know. Uh-huh. That's the way I do it. <laughs> That's how I <it> do's it. <laughs> awkward silence. Do you feel that? I'm, 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 <laughs> wait, then I'll let, let the awkward yeah, we'll, simmer uh, a we'll, little we'll, more. I guess we'll. Uh, I guess we'll talk about. Uh, but we use like the like uh, lone wolf ish type of stands. We have a double couple different. And the same when we're we're only, you know we're packing in stand of sticks every set, um, you know it's instead you know doing it on the public thing we don't leave anything in the woods, so it, it's it's definitely a little bit more of a hassle but 
you, you, you definitely get a little uh, a little quicker at it as time goes. Yeah. What What do you mean by lone wolf ish? <laughs> I'm curious uh, about that. Lightweight, lightweight, easy to hang. Whether it's a lone wolf, I have a lone wolf. Uh, Byron has a couple XOPs. Um, El Diablo has a uh, Millennium. It's like their ultra light. Spanish he said. Uh, he said to tell you guys, uh, ask you guys how it's going. By the way, we missed. Oh, good. How is he doing? A Spanish <laughs> for the fighting chicken. <laughs> Old red beard. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we miss him. We need to. But I mean, coming one. back to that, I do the same exact thing. I'll hang my heavier stands and leave them, but I keep my lone wolf in my truck just in case. I'm like, okay, the wind changed when I got there, or something happened, something weird happened. I gotta just randomly throw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Heard that, heard that. Um, so looking for a tree, since we're talking about hanging stands, like how do you find in public? Do you, do you normally set up on a trail? Is there a food source, acorns, something like clover, something else yeah. that you're spotting in the timber or field edges? Like where, like what's the first, I guess this kind of be a tip to our listeners, and I guess maybe if you don't want to give all your tips away on public especially, but I mean like what is your main thing? Like I'm going to set up here. Because I okay. would, I would think from someone that doesn't hunt public, that most people see like any pinch that's available, any funnel that's available, any obvious type of stuff. Well, into there's going to be a hundred people in that area. Well, like into it, I don't know how it is where you guys are at, but in Iowa, they actually plant corn on the ground. They plant beans, and they'll leave it up till December or even January. Yeah. So we'll dive into that. So we have a few different types of, of what I'll call public ground that we hunt. Um, we have kind of some wildlife areas with oh, a mix of, of uh, woodlots, agriculture, CRP-style fields. And those those situations we definitely hunt a little different than, say, we do go to some big woods uh, sections of, of big forests, national forests, state forests. And those are definitely a lot different setup and, and stand site locations and, and so let's get into those dave let's start out with uh early october where are we going to be setting up uh i guess early october uh i mean in the past you know we really just kind of just been trying to find does and locate does and locate bedding areas to come back to come uh come the beginning of november but uh so that would just be like your normal white oaks um maybe some of your bed to feed transition areas um, you know, near your local or nearby ag fields. I mean, just basically, you know, that time of year is basically has been targeting does, trying to locate does, find out where there may be a couple of different doe bedding sites, and then you can kind of link things together like a puzzle piece when you come back during the rut. Um, but, you know, and this year we're going to try a little bit more of the buck bed uh, kind of infall strategy. We're going to try that this year a little bit more than we have in the past. But, you know, basically that time of year I'm trying to find new doe bedding areas, ones that I don't already know about. Yeah. So to kind of top what Dave's saying off, too, if I look at the public we hunt uh first couple weeks of season, these pieces can be traditionally, like, more pressure. There's more hunters there. Um, and we, we just go there because we have some experience on these higher pressure pieces a little more and we know we can go in there and have some opportunities we will also hunt places a little closer to the road because if we're going to shoot a doe why not have an easier drag out good point point. yeah and and a lot of what we're doing is is, you know we we have some experience to to you know on several of these pieces dave and i've been hunting two of these pieces for 10-ish years now so finding those those known bedding areas we know where they are and setting up a lot of times it, it, it's finding the oak flat before they hit the agriculture lots you know at dark um another thing though that we consider early season that's kind of part of our team strategy is is doe harvest uh dave and i are big on assessing each doe kill individually so for example if we have a group of does come in uh say from, you know a group of five we're actually really likely not to pull the trigger on that doe group um, just because we know they're in that area. It only takes one of them to get hot at the right day if we're, we're going to circle back to that general area in the rut. Mm-hmm. But if we if we have a single doe come in, maybe a year and a half year old doe that that doesn't have fawn, you know fawns with her, or maybe one fawn, that deer is is now a possible target. 
See, and that's smart because it's just like we're going to bring it back to the bar. You're you're with a chick. If you see a chick with her friend, <laughs> if her friend is less good looking than her, ain't going to happen. You're going to try and get it on her, and she's going to be like, "Now, nah, now, nah, we're out of here. We're leaving this bar. Bunch of creepers." Brilliant point. Take the take the loader. Take the chick that walked into the bar by herself. Okay. Beautiful strategy. <laughs> Just yeah, back, back to Byron on why he really would shoot this though. Yeah. <laughs> No, this this did pique my. I, I just I kid, but I'm really interested in in this theory. Actually, yeah, um, you know, it's just something we <laughs> we developed as far as you know how how we want to go about hunting those. It all depends on the spot and the day and the time. You know, it's just kind of a spur of the moment. If it's a spot that we think is going to get blown out by Dickie Moe's here in a couple of weeks, then we'll probably take a doe there. <laughs> so you is your guys' thought process behind behind shooting the doe by herself is there's less a chance that a buck will chase that one doe if she goes into heat versus if there was five of them? Is that, I, I guess I'm, I don't know if so I caught that right. You're almost like if there's say a group of five and, and you go to shoot one and have a successful harvest, you've kind of educated that doe group that there's a danger in that area we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, so they're likely to shift their movement. Maybe they won't pass through there. Maybe they'll, they'll bed in another location Versus if we let a, a, a doe group go by that's, that's five deep, you know, any one of those five could likely come into, you know, be more comfortable in that area, come into heat, drag a buck by our stand. Um, you know, bucks will, will key in on doe bedding areas, and a lot of our strategy in the rut is to get downwind or be on the access trails to and from these doe bedding areas. So we, we, we need those does there, and by shoot, you know, letting – a group of five walk past us once or twice, if that were the case. You know, we know maybe that buck that's in the area realizes, hey, there's a doe bedding group, you know, a doe's bedding in that area. I'm going to circle down through there, you know, every couple of days to check if one gets hot. You know, if, if we got a single doe bedding, you know, a single doe bedding in one area and she happens to wander by, it's just we'll go ahead and take her because we're not educating others in that area. Plus, there's only one doe there. You know, we got we we got a lot of those spots that we plan. We we have quite a bit of rut areas in our arsenal of spots. You know, if we go into a new piece and we only see one doe, that's not really going to be a target area come November, anyways. So if we're near the road, we'll take her then. Um, you know, this year we're going to do a lot more ground game stuff too. So we're thinking it might be pretty cool to take a doe on the ground. Um, you know, and try and do some different things along that nature. That would be cool, man. I had that almost happen last year. Uh, I picked up a new parcel late season. And I was sitting on the ground because I didn't have stands in these spots yet, and I had a doe coming in behind me of all spots, of course. So I'm trying to like get ready because you know on the ground they're gonna see you if if you're not ready before they get there, and you know they get they catch on. I was like, damn it, so close, but it's one of those yeah, things. Thinking- Go ahead. Yeah, I've taken a doe from the ground before. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's definitely a different. It's it's a different thrill for sure. I've taken some deer on the ground, and then we're going to try to capture it on film this year, which we think would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. I, I hope you do, man. That'd be really great footage. I mean, there's. I, I I think that really benefits a lot of the public hunting, and hopefully it won't like blow up you know the spots a little bit, but you know it might not deter some people that uh you know decide hey man uh if i see these guys these guys are working dudes like me you know i've seen them on their uh your guys youtube channel you're shooting does from the ground it's like it gives a lot of guys hope like yeah i can do that too you know well that being said dave what you mentioned about you know filming possibly filming shooting a deer from the ground like that um let's talk about the goals you guys each have set for yourself and for your guys's team yeah, so you think team goals first or, or individual? What works best? Team, hey, teamwork makes the dream work. Let's hear the team first. Okay. So looking at the whitetail experience as a whole um, going into this season, one area we'd like to focus on is kind of the, the production side of things. Um, we've got a lot of uh, – we've got a, a whole you know year of experience plus now uh, of doing this, and We've invested in a little better camera. We've made some good contacts, like uh, shout-out to, to Garrett over there at Last Breath. Uh, I've texted him a lot of questions on film and production and branding. 
So I think that that aspect of our product is going to get better, and I, I think that that'll be good for good for our brand. You know, um, as far as like team goals, let's assess the season. We've really laid out um, kind of a, a team hunting strategy. I've kind of dubbed that to Dave as far as he's got some spreadsheets drawn up where we can be a little bit more effective, we feel, as a group, uh, gaining intel on some of the new pieces that we've talked about earlier, but also not boogering up, you know, locations that we feel are higher value. So I think being more effective as a team is definitely a goal um, and increase that production value. Uh, Dave, let's talk about your individual goals. <laughs> uh, well, I guess uh, put me on the spot, but my individual goals, I mean, obviously I'd like to kill a nice mature deer on public. Um, who wouldn't? Um, I'd also like to, uh, I would like to take a doe from the ground or something, uh, whether it's going in on boat access or, or whatnot or something interesting, something different along the lines and maybe take a doe or a buck that way. Um, and, you know, I plan to spend a lot of time in October on my feet. I don't really plan on getting in a stand much at all in October. And a lot of this is going to be uh, going to see these new pieces and just kind of investigating them you know, reporting back to everybody, find out what we see, and then, you know, hopefully furthering our chances to get on multiple good rut locations. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe jump a buck in the process and try to bump and dump, just being real op- opportunistic, um, taking a doe on the ground if I get a chance while I'm on my foot, on, you know, while I'm on my feet checking out these areas. Um, and just, you know, definitely going to be more aggressive and uh, probably be in the woods more this year than I ever have in the past. Um, you know, and just try to really grind it out this year harder than I have but, before. Yeah, but 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 I feel like your number one is make it back to Illinois and get some cookies barbecue sauce. I really feel like that's... <laughs> that's number that's one. Back for next year, don't... Uh, that's for sure. Um, that's a separate goal. Yeah. Season. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, we can, we can talk about that a little later once we get all the, all the goals out of the way because, you know, these are important to you and I... I'm I'm really happy that that you guys have, you know, worked as hard as you have, and you know it's starting to pay off. You guys are putting out some really cool videos, and I man, I I really hope that you guys uh, accomplish every goal that you you set this year. I know I'm excited to to see it. You know, definitely. It, to I think we all are, aren't we? Yeah, to, and it's the luck of the podcast to hear him say it here, and then all of a sudden That's it right. happens. You know, and. They shoot that big, mature seven and a half year old nanny That's from right. the ground. Yeah. Look at the podcast film. Is, is winding back up, so we might oh, as yeah. well just start sprinkling out on these boys right here. Yeah, the yeah. the Lindsay wake yeah, up with rain. I'm sprinkling it right now. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> I saw it. He actually he actually just dipped his fingers in in bush light and just baptized us. So yep. <laughs> the the ritual has happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, I mean, you can just put all your thanks back to us for your successful season. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, credit us as executive producer in everything that you do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> executive producer. <laughs> Dude, that's like in Hollywood, that's like the, yeah, never mind. But anyway, back to you guys. Yeah, so, like, my goals for, for 2017, uh, a little different than Dave's. I, uh, I'd like to actually increase my, like, encounter rate or, or be a little more successful in the big wood side of, of public. Uh, that's something I've kind of been studying a little bit more of and, and asking, you know, different resources and um, putting in a lot more miles going to the big woods, putting in time scouting, putting in cameras down in these sections, and, and actually found a, a couple different uh, sections of a whole different state forest I've never been to and have had some really good luck there. I I actually found a, a pair of sheds off, off a deer, oh, in January, real early shed buck, and you know, we believe we have him on camera as of June. And so I think it would be very cool to kill a deer that I've got sheds off of, especially on public, yeah. um, having trail cam picks. I, I, I will hunt that deer pretty hard, smartly, but that to me would be a, a pretty cool thing if I could see that come full circle. Awesome. What, what is the exact location of this uh, state forest? Just for all our listeners who want to <laughs> get to and it, pull up a lawn chair and watch you do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me send those. <laughs> we'll put that in the we, link. We, we don't even post trail cam pics anymore because of just some attention from neighbors and and 
attention from where we're going. It, yeah, we, we, we made a rule this year. No trail cam photos hit the uh, social media until after harvest. You know, that's funny you mentioned that, Byron, because uh, we had a listener shout us out or call us out and said, how come you guys never post pictures of your, of your bucks? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I guess we better post a couple. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. they're from a couple years ago. Joke's on you. Yeah. <laughs> from a spot I don't even hunt anymore. Got turned into a Costco. <laughs> That's how you know we're joking. We don't even have a Costco around where we are. Oh, I heard oh we're really? Getting, yeah, I heard we're getting one, but I don't need a fifty hot dog is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Byron's, like, so cut and dry, like, no, like, I'm not putting up with your shit. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, Byron's a good, Byron's a good dude. Uh, you guys, I do... I know I thanked you before, but I do want to thank you guys. You guys drove all the way from Ohio to come to our uh, our shoot that we had a couple months back, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was uh, to me it was very humbling that you guys would would take the the time out of your free time to show up and hang out with us, have some beers, and uh, man, you know it means the world to me that you guys would have done that. So I, I, I do want to say thank you once again. For coming oh out. well, thank you, thank you for having us. I mean, we we had a blast. We had an adventure. Hell, that was the highlight of my spring. Lord knows it wasn't my turkey season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I felt like we talked about this on a podcast, man. Did we podcast after the shoot or not? We haven't. No, yet. we just BS. Maybe it was an after hours. Man, <laughs> there was a was, lot of after man. hours after the shoot. I promise that. Because you guys came in, you guys brought your A game, man. You guys were shooting good. <laughs> It was nuts. I'm like, geez, man, these boys from Ohio are really well, brought it. Well, two out of three of them were. The uh, the other guy there, David, there. <laughs> <laughs> he also had a wheels are for cars. Yep. yep. Yeah. Stick and string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is just, yep. yeah. Yep. No, it, yep. was, uh, That's all it was. It was really cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you guys got to, uh, got to come down here. I definitely can't wait for you guys to come back. Um, we'll have yeah. We'll have cookies, barbecue sauce. You guys didn't make it to Iowa. I told you, like, as a crow flies, you're, like, three miles from Iowa. You should have just drove across the bridge, hopped out, and then drove right back. (laughs) I could have gave you the tour. You know, we consider you guys, like, friends in the industry, as weird as it sounds. Like, I mean... No, it's what we are, man. Yeah, we are. It's a fact. Like, I text Kurt on the regular basis. Steve, I follow you on all the social media. Eric, I'll bring you yingling any day of the week, man. I'm I'm running low, by the way. Dude, his head perked up. He's like, you need I'm to come back low. soon. <laughs> well, guys, one thing that needs to happen is uh, we've created our own tradition and made a lot of friends. You guys, I know it's a long, long drive for you guys, but we feel like it would be very worth it for you to come to the Iowa Deer Classic one of these years. Oh. Yeah, that would be wild. That would be a cool trip, I think. You could join in all the fun with our gang, and we can... Uh, you have to come to that. You have no somewhere. idea how wild we get, dude. I'm doing backflips off the second story. That's yeah, <laughs> nuts. <laughs> we can talk about that after the podcast. Uh, guys, is there something you want to add to this episode, man? I feel like we didn't cover something, and there's something, and I know Byron has it in the back of his head right now. Yeah, if you want to uh, circling back to some of the trail cam strategy, I feel like um, another thing we do, you know, we take the data, you know, a picture of a buck, but we also apply like a point point system and kind of learn maybe some buck tendencies. And I think that's a help. And I don't know if you maybe around, but that is a weather history site that you can access and see what the wind was doing, the temperature. And you can also like zoom out on like a monthly view and see, okay, the temperature dropped 10 degrees or the wind shifted from a north to a west wind. And look, I've got a picture of a buck. But we, what we like to do is give one point for night photos, two points for say like dawn and dusk when you kind of expect deer movement. But something that's kind of been key, even like on my small piece of land that I, I've noticed is if you get a picture, say like 10 o'clock, noon, you know, those, those midday hours, we assign three points for that. Um, because generally those deer are not moving far and you can almost gauge where he might be bedded um, if you kind of have topography in that area. Byron, um, you could, cut out the beginning of this. What, yeah. what is this that you're, that you're talking about? Is the it, website? It's a, it's a website? Yeah, so like it's a Wonderground Weather Underground is kind of what it stands for. And um, I, I'm not by all Oh, WE Underground. WE Underground, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you could access previous data because – 
I know you you've wrote down stuff. You know, like when you're like seeing whatever bucks you killed. You know, Kurt, he was in Kurt. You was in Kurt. I'm looking at you and I'm pointing at you, but in podcast land, <laughs> you can't tell. Um, yeah, that's a that's a super helpful tip. Uh, okay. You know, and Clint well, Casper when he was talking about the same thing. So I'm sorry, Byron, you just cut out yeah. when, when when you said that, so I didn't I didn't hear the first. Part. No, no, you're good. You're so, good. So that point system. Okay, continue on because I like where this is going already. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, interested. So- so we assign point systems to when a buck visits a, a site. And you can use this. I've used this on my private piece. And last year was a perfect example. So I had a buck show up several times through a summer. The buck I ended up harvesting. And I noticed, like, I think I had 32 points with this buck. But, like, 24 of them were on a south and a west wind variant. Huh. And I, I killed that deer on a southwest wind. I mean, That's not good. that I knew that that was going to happen, but can that maybe show you some tendencies of a certain deer in a certain area? I, I think there's definitely something to it. Absolutely. No, yeah, there has to be, man. I mean, I mean you're doing your homework. That's, I mean, I don't know how you yeah. it, but. I'm going to get on this tonight and check that yeah. out. Yeah, and you'll see, too, like, uh, it notes if it was raining or if, like, a thunderstorm came through, and that's kind of very interesting to see, like, why do I have all these pictures of deer moving, you know, this day versus another day? And you can, like, tell it to give you, like, a week of data in July, and you can see, oh, this day here was the coldest of the of the week. No wonder I have more trail, daytime trail cam pictures that day. So it's very cool. It's, it, it's definitely something I think uh, can you can take a trail cam picture and learn and assess and maybe be a little bit more successful on both private and public land. Yeah, another thing, uh, like say if you got like uh, you know a 10 a.m. like an oddball 10 a.m. pick, you're kind of wondering why was this buck on speed at 10 a.m. You can look and see if there was like a midday like uh, 180 degree wind change. Maybe he was bedding somewhere else and he got on speed to go bed with a better wind because of that midday wind shift. Yep. Uh, you had like a really hard uh, storm like right at dusk the night before, and he might not have got on his feet and up and moving the previous night till. You know, a lot later, so he obviously will kind of be up a little bit later the following morning. So he might have like that off ball 10 a.m. pick, and you can kind of maybe try to figure out, you know, why why he was on his feet that time of day. And then you can obviously see like, well, you know, what direction he's going and coming at what time of day the pick is on. And another thing, like I don't like hanging a trail cam. I don't like just to sneak into an area, hang camera, and back back out because if you, especially a new piece that is, because you don't know. You don't know anything in the surrounding area. So, like, once you've gotten boots on the ground with piece, you've walked it, you've established some of your thicker areas, some of your potential buck beds, some of your food. Then once you get a trail camera pick, you can kind of put all the pieces together and say, okay, look, this buck is heading from bed to feed, and he's walking this trail. Um, you know, he's going back towards bed at 6 a.m., and he's leaving at 9 p.m., and you can kind of narrow down their home ground. And the weather definitely, you know, helps get you little tips and tactics, I guess. For sure. It definitely shows your guys' knowledge and the way you analyze deer movement. Yeah. And you guys, it shows you put more detail into it than the average person when you break it down this way. And Dave, you brought up a good point is like when there's a wind change, that's something that I always uh, try and look for. If there's a super hard change in wind and if I have a stand that can pull off both changes in wind, that's a good time to be in a stand, like you said, because. A, say a buck is bedded at a certain spot and the wind changes to where it's no longer in his favor, he's going to get up and move no matter what time of day that whenever that wind change is to where the wind's in his favor. Cause he's not going to lay Absolutely. there to where the wind isn't going to benefit him to where he can't smell danger. So if you have your stand set up for a wind change from, you know, whether it's, you got a cold front coming in and that wind goes from South to North or whatever it may be, that's a very good opportunity. That might be some of your best chances to kill a mature buck when he's in transition from one vantage safety point to another vantage safety point, depending on that wind direction. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, actually, uh, you guys, buddy uh, Clark, actually, uh, me and him were talking a little bit deer, and he uh, he, he kind of gave me that tip. And, you know, you best guarantee that any time this year there's a midday wind change, I'm going to be in the woods yep. somewhere. You know, even if I got to, you know, if I notice it late and I got to rush out from the truck, I'm going to get in there somewhere. I'm just hoping he's hoping, you know, that's that's going to get him on their feet, just like you said. Well, For sure. it's, it's kind of interesting, too. I mean, to 
kind of notice what the wind change is or what happened that day. Like that buck I seen the other day when checking trail cameras because I didn't expect monster. By the way, I didn't expect any yeah, I deer. Yeah. I didn't expect any deer to be on their feet. It was like eleven a.m. So I'm like, okay, it's prime time of the day for me to go in and check trail cameras where there ain't gonna be a deer on their feet, and all my trail cameras are on field edges, so. I went in, checked one, and I was walking down the field edge, and all of a sudden, here he comes over the hill. So that makes me interested saying, okay, maybe there's a midday change or something happened to get that deer up on his feet to move. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, and maybe check your your cameras for that day and see if there was other movement, you know, whether it's does or bucks or just deer movement in general around that same time. Well, right, Um, because the day before I had – uh, two bucks moving at the same time of the day, so I I want to get on this website and see what happened dude, those last two days. It's awesome. I, I I've just been looking up some data, dude. This is like one of the biggest tips that you guys are going to get huge. all it's year. Huge. Man. That's that's a huge. I I me personally, I think this is more important data than moon phases, just because I haven't delved deep into it. But for someone, if you don't believe in the moon hype. This is definitely something that you should check out. Now again, we're well, this could make you believe in moon hype depending on what the it could. Are. I mean, good. you know, maybe check what the it moons are. Maybe it'll give you a taste into it, and then you might be like an ultimate deer it slayer. Th- it but... throws every aspect into it that you can think of, pretty much. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm an accountant by day, so I put in a lot of stuff into Excel, and I do some some pivot tables, and we really break it down. We do throw some moon times in to, to see if there is any correlation. Um, the, the 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 king of the moon, Mr. Adam Hayes, is from Ohio. So so you know that's something yeah. we paid attention to the last two years. And All right. I, I won't I won't swear by the moon, but uh, if it, if it correlates with sunrise and sunset, that overhead and underfoot time, I, I do have like I don't know a little more opportun uh, you know I'm a little more opportunistic going into the woods that night. I sure, feel. I'm gonna send you every picture, the time, the day, and you're gonna figure this out for me, right? Ten dollars an hour. We got it. Ten dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ain't a high class accountant or anything. <laughs> that's right. Well, right on, man. That's um, that's something that's very huge. That I, I'm going to be doing for sure, um, without a doubt. And you know, scouting some uh, some cameras and things. Uh, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to be checking those weather conditions. And hey, what was it like at this time? And Maybe even previous cameras that, you know, you had some big deer on even last year. You know, well, why were they in this area? You know, that may, maybe give you a clue. No doubt. Definitely. Yeah. That, that's why I always try to look back at my past harvest, see if there's any correlating evidence, I guess you could say. And Well, now you got time. I tend to cl- uh, kill a lot of my bucks in the morning on very clear, cold days. Like, wide, wide open sky, blue sky clear cold days not that that has anything to do with that's not real patternable but it just seems what it's normally like you sure you're not writing a country song right now <laughs> i kill my biggest no stop on the it's most beautiful day all right you're killing me boys yeah they- we uh we've kind of dove into it a little more serious here these past you know a couple years really um you know we you know before then we were we hunted but we weren't really knowledgeable hunters i guess until the past couple of years when we started actually diving into it and, you know, I start recalling all of these buck sightings and buck kills and whatnot in the past, and now I'm trying to correlate it with the stuff I've learned now, and it's just, yeah, it's it's it definitely makes things in the past start to make sense. Like, well, like I killed a buck, uh, one day, it rained like the, like the whole day, and uh, and then that evening I was hunting over a scrape, and and I, and then here comes this buck come in, and I end up killing him as he's coming to check that scrape at like 4 p.m., and it was kind of now I started to think, well, you know what, after all that rain, he was probably coming back in once the rain stopped to freshen up the scrape. Now, at the time, I didn't know that. I was just I was just hunting, and now i kind of connecting the dots, I guess, from my past experiences. Yeah, I, I kind of do that too as well as things I've learned over time and look back on past hunts, why certain things played out the way they did. and Kind of put two and two together. Yeah, and it, it all makes sense. But and For A sure. lot of hunting is being, I mean, you could know everything in the world, but a lot of it's being at the right place at the right time. Oh, for sure. So anything you guys you guys want to add to the to the episode? 
I mean, I'd like to thank you guys for having us on. Um, you know, we've become friends, and I think it's great. You know, I really appreciate you guys having us on your venue, and it's been real awesome to watch your guys' brand grow and grow. And uh, just, I don't know, you guys still are, are real people and it's down to earth. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't thank you enough for having us on a second time. I never in a million years thought the Whitetail Experience would be on the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. So this is really cool. Well, yeah, but you were on other podcasts, so how sincere is this? <laughs> no, By, for real. Thank you so much. That that really means the world to us. But uh, you it guys does, are welcome man. back anytime. You know you are. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, guys, where where can people find you? Yeah, the best place to find us is probably uh, Instagram. We're at Whitetail underscore Experience. Also, if you want to check out some of our hunts, maybe some highlight videos, some product reviews. Uh, look us up on YouTube, the Whitetail Experience there. Uh, we'll also have some strategy talk a little closer to season coming out. We have a small farm video on there that, with tips and tactics, um, as well as Facebook uh, that runs the world these days. But, yeah, the Whitetail Experience there. And if anybody wants to get into contact, ask us a question on tips, tactics, or gear, by all means, you can reach out to us on those venues. Awesome. So, yeah, there's, awesome. A, there's a cool video you guys did, and I was really impressed with it um, when you came up and – filmed a little bit at the at the shoot we did that's uh on your youtube channel so that's a that's a real fun one man i thought that was really cool Definitely. it highlighted the whole weekend so check that out yeah for sure well that's cool all right boys we appreciate you as always you're yeah. welcome back again you guys kill something on the ground you call me we'll podcast right after we'll make it happen that night. Oh, that'd be wild. That would be so cool. We should do it. We definitely should. I mean, if it's just got to just be me, it'll be all it'll be all business, no Steve. All you know business. what I mean? All business, <laughs> no Steve. That's our new shirts. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Boys, thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Um, I don't know why the hell you listen to us all the time, uh, but it means a lot. And uh, I don't know why the hell you even come back on our show, but that means a lot to us as well. And we wish you guys best luck this season. Um, to everyone listening, go check these boys out. Public, private, these guys got it all figured out. They're real good, um, good down-home old boys. There you um, go. I'm, I'm too many bush lattes tonight, I guess. Um, check them out, really, though. Genuine people, regular guys, working class just like you and I. Check them out. Steve, you got anything to add? Because I know you do. No, I'm just going to wow. go home and play Halo, dude. I'm good. Eric? Good to go. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. Everyone, we love you. Season's coming. Go shoot your bow. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.